Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison, and you're listening to episode four of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Alrighty, so as you guys can see from the title, we'll be talking about virginity today. I will be joined with my guest, Shelby, one of my friends, and we talk about different aspects of the virgin experience. So how we've been treated as virgins, how we came to this decision, and just different things um, that kind of come with the territory. So um, let's hop right in. All right. Here we are with the Shelby, my friend. Um, so I want to basically start by telling the people how I know you. Did I meet you like two months ago or something? I can't remember how long ago it was. Something like that. <laughs> <clears throat> Whoa, my voice just cracked. Uh, <laughs> something like that, yeah, yes. So like two months ago, I knew of you. Wait, I feel like I met you before that. Briefly, we met each other through my yeah, roommate. Yeah, because of Jenna. Yes, because yeah. my friend, my roommate Jenna. And, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't told you this before, but you are top 10 favorite people. Top 10. No way. Yeah, you are. No way. Yeah, I mean, what can I say? So I just thought I'd let the people know I, that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so honored. Honestly, I think very highly of you. So the feeling is way mutual. Thanks, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, I just love people that, like, literally you want to live for Jesus and, mm-hmm. like, unashamedly. So... I appreciate that about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Back at you. But also, um, the topic today is virginity. But before we get into that, I have a off the cusp question for you that I'm kind of figuring out. I think I'm going to ask all my um, guests this question from now on, from here on out. And I wrote it down. Let's see if I ask it correctly. It may evolve over time. But the question is. Um, what's one aspect of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit's character that you are sure of, like that you've seen in your life and why? Wow. That's a good one. Thanks. That's totally going to be different for everybody. <clears throat> Hopefully um, that's what I'm looking for. I think, <clears throat> I think when I was younger, I didn't have an understanding of what grace was. Mm. And in college, it just came and smacked me in the face. Ah. So I would say... I would totally say his grace. I mean, I just can look back on my life, even just a couple instances last week where I was just smacked again in the face with like, wow, his grace is just so good. And I did not deserve a single ounce of it. Mm. And he just gave it freely anyway. Mm, mm, mm. So <clears throat> I think, I think I would choose grace. Ooh, that's good. Good stuff. So yeah, for the viewers, um, I guess I can explain grace shortly, or do you want to explain grace shortly or just how it's like, oh, man. like what it, what it's meant to you like recently? So one, it's, let's see. So grace is getting something you don't deserve. Mm -hmm. So, oh my goodness. I can, I can see like the life that I live now. I mean, there's just this last week I was watching my mentors kids, um, and having a conversation with, with one of the, the boys, he's about 14 and he's just like me when I was younger. And I, I'm very idealistic, very black and white. I see things very, um, good and bad there's no gray Mm -hmm. like that's just i have a really hard time functioning in the gray Mm -hmm. and so that leaves very little room for grace inherently for me um because i just want i just want to grasp on and it be yes or no black and white yeah 
Um, and so I was having a conversation with the son and, and he was being very, very, very black and white about something. And, um, it was literally a topic as simple as like, should you homeschool your kids or not? Mm. And he was adamant that you should homeschool your kids. <laughs> and he was just fighting to be right and fighting to be right in the conversation. And I just like literally felt the Lord. He, he made a comment about, I said, you know, I, I made a comment. I said, um, ideally there's a way things should go, but where the ideal is not realized, grace abounds. Ooh. And Uh-oh. he, we had a couple, we had a couple like sentences of dialogue after that. And then he said, well, that's just an excuse to not do things the right way. Ooh. And I literally like, just, it just hit me. And I was like, like, I hear you, but it, it hit me at the same time. I think this level of understanding of grace mm-hmm. and expectations, and, and, and this is like a whole longer conversation, but it hit me in that moment that I was him when I was 14 yeah. and to see to see my allowance for grace now. And, and now I, I wasn't where I would have rigidly held on to you have to homeschool or you have <laughs> to do this, whatever, insert whatever the topic of the conversation is. Yeah. I think I've come to this understanding that besides Jesus on the cross dying for our sins and him raising again. And, and now that brings us new life. There's just a whole lot of other things that require all kinds of different scenarios and answers. And Mm. there's just not one yes or no black and white. So to hear him say that I was able to sit there in that moment and just hear the Lord say, look how far I've brought you. Um, And so that was, I mean, that moment was filled with so much grace because I, I just heard my younger self saying that. Um, And so to be able to understand and have a better ability to relate to others now, um, the Lord's brought me a, a long way. Yeah. So and you know, that was a long winded answer. No, you're good. That's good. <laughs> People need to know. Um, but yeah, I relate to that as well. I think my, most of my life and even now still, I'm like, it's black and white, you know, you just don't yeah. avoid sin. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. even personally in my life, when I look at myself, I'm like, Oh, I'm still sinning every day. So I need that same grace that I'm not giving to other people as well. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I'll Phew. just share mine shortly. Um, I would say that the aspect of God's character that I know is that he hears me. So mm. like literally every, even the smallest things like God is listening. Um, and like a quick example is like one day I went to chapel at my Christian university and they're playing this song that was freaking beautiful. And, <laughs> um, it ended, I'm like, oh my, you worship is bomb. Sure is. Sure is. Um, so I was trying to look for the song on my phone. It was, it was someone that was visiting too. So I'm like, I don't know how I would find this person. Um, and I can't remember the name of the song now, but whatever. Um, and I'm like, I gave up, like I was looking for so long and I was like sad because I love music and I'm like, this sucks. Like I'm like playing it over my, in my head. And then the next day I'm like minding my business studying in the library. And one of my friends, guy friends comes up and he's like, oh my gosh, I was at chapel yesterday. And, uh, the guy that was singing like this song is so good. Let me show it to you. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, this is literally the song I was looking for. Like, yep. Why would this even happen? This doesn't even matter. Yep. But look at God listening. Uh-huh. And obviously, Amen. like, there's way bigger things that he's actually heard me for, like friendships and Absolutely. different things like that. But that's just one thing that I know for sure. Like, God literally hears everything I'm saying. So. Amen. Amen. That's cool. That's my thing. Um, I love it. So, yes. Let's go ahead and move on to the topic at hand. Oh, let's. Virginity. <laughs> um, and we are two fellow virgins speaking here. Yes, um, but first I want to ask you, what did your parents even teach you about sex? Wow. 
Ready for this? I sure am. Nothing. Really? Yes. In today's America. In today's America, nothing. Like literally nothing though. Literally nothing. I mean, we I grew up just like thinking that that sex was dirty, nasty, bad, awful, horrible. And like, you only did it to like make babies. And then you just didn't talk about it. You didn't think about it. You just like, ew, gross, move on. Yikes. Um, I think you have to also understand that there was a level of, uh, not a level of, a large level of unhealthiness in my parents' relationship. They're actually now divorced. Mm. <laughs> so um, there was just in, in general, we tended to sweep things under the rug and not talk about things. Mm. Um, and my parents, they had, they had a saying, I, I was trying to think about what it was, but basically if you don't talk about it, you won't do it. And so their approach was kind of, if you don't talk about sex, then I have three sisters. So our daughters won't have sex because they don't know anything about it, <laughs> which, is, which is a very interesting approach. Mm-hmm. And the research does um, not follow that, <laughs> that belief mm, there. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to, I would have to assume that that's the case. I have not done my research there, yeah. but, um, so we did not have open dialogue or conversation about anything. In fact, I learned most of what I know from like people at school would say something and I wasn't ashamed because I knew I lived under a rock. I knew I was a sheltered kid. And so I would be like, what are you talking about? And kids would just like inform me or, or and then eventually I just like put two and two together mm-hmm. and, and, and figured some stuff out. Yeah, I'm so, so sad to hear that because <laughs> that's what was yours. That's how most people learn. Like literally my honestly, I would say I don't think I learned about sex from my parents. All I learned about was puberty. So my mom like played us these videos and you know, the boobs grow yeah. and like you see the pews <laughs> on the boys and that's basically it. Yeah. Like I don't really, I mean my mom may say like Sonata, we taught you something, but I, it wasn't like so i think sex education should be over your life like you start at five Mm, or like a young age and then it continues your life and i think parents in general not even just christians don't continue that conversation or even start it so yeah absolutely that's where a lot of it uh happens but if you're learning from kids in school about sex why didn't you do it oh i mean i just (sighs) okay so my mom, there was like in fourth grade, we had like a, like the around the corner was like the video played at school. Oh, okay. My mom did take me out for that. <laughs> and we like had our own conversation, oh. but we only talked about periods. Uh, oh, that conversation. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about anything beyond that. Mm. And she was like, the goal was, I think in a couple more years to like have another conversation, another follow-up mm. conversation, but with three sisters and then obviously a, a, a crumbling, you know, relationship with my, with, between my parents, things just, I'm sure slipped away. Yeah. Um, so while there may have been an intention of continuing that conversation, that that conversation was never continued. Um, why did I not do it? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, (laughs) I'll be honest. I've always been a tomboy, uh, Mm -hmm. and especially like throughout middle school, throughout elementary and middle school. Um, the comment was always made, like if we had to dress up for volleyball matches, people would always, I'd have to like wear a dress or whatever, because we had to do that for school and Mm -hmm. people would be like, Oh my gosh, you are a girl, Shelby. Oh god. And I say that because like I've just always I've always been such a tomboy that I really do not get attention from guys. Mm. Um and I, I I think I could I could look back and be really upset and bummed out about that. But I think knowing the Lord and his graciousness, I think that's also just his grace in my life because mm. I think had I received that attention from a younger age. I think it would, my life would be wildly different now Mm. than it is. And so I could look back at it probably pretty bummed, but I think I look back and I'm able to say, no, the Lord just had, 
had other plans. And thankfully that has not been a distraction in my life. Yeah. Does that mean I haven't had any instances or anything like that? No, but I just, guys didn't, weren't really into me. I was such a tomboy. I was like one of the dudes, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I played football at recess and basketball at recess. Yeah, I was the same way. I was just a dude. Um, Yeah. I literally tell my friends, like, I was such a tomboy. You know how boys will, like, put their shirt over their heads and, like, run around? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was doing when I was, like, 11. I had nothing to show, you know? But I'm, like, I'm out here with the boys, you know? (laughs) And then I just, like, put it back before I went inside at home, you know? Absolutely. But, yeah, I can definitely relate to... being a tomboy um so so was your motivation always like in the right place to like remain a virgin was it just like not an opportunity for you so you didn't do it or you made a decision so I think I think initially I grew up very um what I would say religious and legalistic so there were rules that we had to follow which Mm -hmm. also feeds into the reason why I'm so black and white Mm -hmm. you know like I'm really, really, really good at following the rules. Mm-hmm. Give me a set of rules to follow. I will cross every single one of them off and I will follow it to a T. Um, and so I think when I was younger, I knew I knew that sex was for married people. And so like, I knew that you weren't, it was like dirty and like that kind of thing. So my intentions at the beginning were just follow the rules. And that was a rule that we had to be fought, that had to be followed in the Bible. And so Same. I think it was just like this stringent, just just literally being a, a rule follower and yeah. so thankfully by the grace of god um i think it was college um i did watch this sermon series i actually also got my first boyfriend first and only to this day boyfriend in college mm. um which i learned so so much from um but i i also went through a sermon series in college um from a church in jacksonville that completely completely just changed my whole perspective on dating, sex, marriage, relationships, all the above, ah. um, that really gave me an awesome reframework for what this looks like moving forward. And it became at that point in my life where I finally understood that sex wasn't this, just this ugly, nasty thing that we just run the opposite way from. Yeah. Um, because one, that would have been really unhealthy to carry on into a relationship, right? If I would have had one at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, to have that reframework has helped a lot. So what, what would have used to have just been like following the rules and being a good person and making sure that like my slate looks white mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm pristine and all of that, um, has definitely turned into, you know, glorifying the Lord and, and finding ways to, that this isn't something that's awful and horrible, but at the same time, I'm not also running to it. I'm waiting for the right time. Um, and I will see the Lord's glory. Um, you know, I won't necessarily see it right now. I will, I will see that when the time comes, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I can also relate to that as well. So, because, so I, I also think your relationship with your parents does affect your relationship with Jesus, God, the Holy spirit. Mm, Yeah. So, um, I've heard, and I feel like I can relate to like how your father on earth is. It reflects like with how God is. And my Mm -hmm. dad was very like, I'm the parent kids are to be seen and not heard. Um, and you just follow directions. Honestly, when I think about God, I would think about like Zeus from Hercules, that dad would just throw in lightning bolts, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, what do I look like disobeying this man? I could never, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to die. And people have dropped dead on this earth (laughs) in the Bible that has happened. Okay. Right. Right. So I was just scared, bro. Like I was just scared. I'm like, I need to follow all these rules. And I'm fearful of God, which is, I think is beautiful when it, when it's backed by love, 
the fear of Absolutely. God is backed by love, but I was literally just yep. scared for my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so after I, I had the same understanding, I guess you came to like, um, it's more about my relationship with Jesus and, and actually caring about how he feels and what he's asked me yeah. to do. So I have Absolutely. no clue why I honestly don't fully understand why I need to be a virgin. Um, I know that mm. there, there are emotional implications and yep. obviously spiritual implications, but right. I mean, people aren't virgins and still end up loving God. So absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't fully understand it, but because I love Jesus, mm. I'm going to respect him in this way. Amen. So I, th- after I had that understanding, like it's not about, you know, uh, avoiding emotional hurt or, getting STDs. It's about respecting Jesus and loving him well. Yeah. Once yeah. I had that understanding, I think that helped me as well. That's really good. And I think that's like, and I think that's why I just love the gospel because while it's so small and minute, it is so vast and wide at the same time. Yeah. And just to what you said, that also is exactly what we're called to in every other aspect of our life, yeah. not just in our sexuality or or anything we're, we're called to to give it to the lord regardless of how we feel about mm-hmm. it and so i think you're i think you're right there on the money with that liddy all right so <laughs> so you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier but how how have you continued to be able to wait <laughs> well again it's been really easy totally kidding <laughs> kidding it makes it easier because i just don't get attention from guys oh so my gosh that, are you serious that makes, yeah i'm de- i'm dead serious wait a minute like I know. And people will be like, oh, it's, it doesn't, it's not because of anything. And I really, at this point in my life, don't take offense to it. <laughs> I, I really don't. Yeah. I just, I think I give off like, <laughs> I, I don't know, a vibe that dudes just like aren't initially into, especially from the younger age where they just want to like have a fun. Yeah. Girlfriend, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um, do you relate to that? Yeah. But I, yeah, kind of like, so guys, <laughs> I mean, we talked about this last week, how like men will kind of, you know, on the street sometimes, but, right. um, I think the Lord just hides you sometimes. Like some people are just hidden. Yeah. And, and maybe, and I think you could totally be onto something. There. Yeah. I think sometimes you're just hidden. Like the Bible talks about, you know, when a mm. man finds a wife, he finds a good thing, but he has to find her Absolutely. first. So, right. um, you're not just, I talked to this guy recently, um, about how like marriage is, you don't want it to be so easy. Like everyone's just getting easy marriages or like, just right. finding some, like, it wouldn't be worthwhile or it wouldn't have any worth if everyone could a- attain it or, like, everyone could acquire it. So I think, yeah. honestly, um, I would consider myself a virgin, but I, I don't know if I'd say I'm completely sexually pure because I've, like, mm. you know, dabbled, but not, like, yep. <laughs> intensely. <laughs> but I think yes. the Lord didn't allow me a lot of opportunities because he just wanted me to be hidden. Like, he didn't want me to have those things. Like, Absolutely. I think, I, honestly... I wouldn't say I've had a serious boyfriend in my life. I just think like, yeah. like the Lord just didn't allow me that opportunity. Yeah. And like sometimes yeah. I, I could have walked into like opportunities where I wasn't going to, you know, engage. Like I just decided not to. So mm-hmm. that's the black and white in me. Like I knew that this opportunity was here as well. Like I could have went to his house, but I told myself that's not what Jesus would want you to do. Um, Absolutely. But I also think like the Lord just didn't give me a lot of opportunities to I've never had like my first love. So mm. a lot of people have that and it's not usually healthy. And they, they yeah. look back on it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, but that was my first love. But like it wasn't love, actually. Yeah. And I'm yeah, so yeah, glad yeah. I haven't experienced that. Mm. And I think cool. even because of my relationship with my dad, um, I just didn't trust people 
in general right. but also why would right. i allow myself to be hurt by another man <laughs> right that just sounds wild to me i i'm right there on, on this on the same page right you. so i just didn't i was just kind of like i know sex is an important thing i didn't fully understand why but i was really and also kids talk <laughs> so that's another big thing um People talk so much. So I'm like, I'm not going to give mm. myself to someone and the whole school is going to know or the whole mm. city's going to know. Like, yeah. I refuse. So yeah. that was another aspect that, like, kept me, you know, a virgin. Absolutely. So that is my... I was also wildly, wildly into all kinds of sports. Okay. And so I was really busy mm-hmm. with with everything that sports had to, you know whether that was lifting or practices or tournaments, traveling, all that good stuff. Like, I mean, I wish I would have like put a penny in a jar for every time a kid would have, a friend would have asked me in like middle school and high school if I could hang out. And I said, no, I have volleyball or basketball or softball. I mean, I would, I would have had a really great savings account (laughs) right now if that was the case. Cause I was just always, always doing, you know, those different activities. Mm -hmm. And so I think that also, I think I really like what you said about the whole hidden thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that really is like, the Lord has just protected my life. Yeah, I, I'm able to to sit back now and say, "Wow!" Like He's just had His hand on so many things. Mm. And did I know it in the moment? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I can look back and just see His goodness every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And this has definitely been an aspect or an area of that. And I, you know, dating the the guy that I dated in in college, again, like didn't didn't go far down the road at all. Thankfully, for whatever reason, like the Lord just like you know, like snap me out of yeah. it. But I think that I, I had no, I learned so much from that relationship and, and it didn't end poorly. And I don't dislike the guy or hate him at all. Like I, I, I want nothing but the best for him and he's a really solid guy. And I, and I hope, I hope that, you know, he continues to, to follow his, his, um, you know, understanding of the Lord and, and grow in, in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But I think that I, I had no idea to me, it was all black and white it was, you don't have sex. You don't have sex till you're married. Like that's just, that's just the way that it is. And it's easy and it's simplistic and it's to the point. And then, you know, I start dating this guy and I like him mm-hmm. and he likes me and then you get feelings involved. And, you know, I'm also five months post my parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. So I'm like an emotional train wreck. Yeah. And, you know, this feeling of closeness and, you know, of being wanted and all these different things start to cloud your judgment and your brain. And what at one point was so black and white and so simplistic, you start to just like, you start to almost walk down this path of justification. Yep. Of like, this is okay. This is fine. And then, and I think, I think just like in, in the, in the world of sex or, or any, you know, whatever, whatever you want to deem is there's anybody can deem anything is whatever I'm blabbing at this point. But <laughs> I think as you walk down that, it's also the same implication in our lives. You know, like we, we, you know, something as simple as like being disciplined in the morning to wake up to, to do Bible time. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll just sleep in an extra five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the next week it's okay. I'll sleep in for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the next week it's like, oh, I'll do it later today. Yeah. And then the next week it's whatever. And then by the end of it, you realize, wow, I just went three months and I didn't spend a single time in the word. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, oh, <laughs> my it life didn't reflects just happen that. overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't just happen overnight, yeah. you know, it's like this justification process. And I, and I think that it, it's like this slow fade, but I think I also realized that in the, when you add the emotions of being in a relationship as well, you can sit there 
and justify things away quickly. So what I learned was that if I, in this moment right now, where I'm, where I'm equally balanced as far as emotions and all those things, if I don't know right now in this moment that when it comes to a sticky situation that I'm going to flee from sexual immorality, then in that moment when things get twisted, it just becomes way harder to get yes. out. Way harder to get yeah. out. So I have to know in this right frame of mind right now, I'm just not even going to come close to the line. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to reference that, you know, that sermon series that I listened to from the church in Jacksonville. One of the things the pastor says is, you know, it's not where's the line, it's when's the time. And I think that puts a lot of clarity on what would could be a confusing you know, situation and instance, you know? So what's the, where's the, um, what's the, when's the time part? So it's not, it's not, where's the line? It's when's the, when's the time? So it's not, where's the line? So like, can we kiss? Can we, you know, start to get anything after that? Get, mm-hmm. you know, first base of a round and second, we're going to third right. and we finally made it home. home. <laughs> Hopefully so not. It, it is, it's, it's really has nothing to do with where's the line. So did we go to first base or do we go to second yeah. base? But it has everything to do with when's the time and the time is marriage Ooh, and sex is for married people. Okay. And so that's, I think that uh, in my mind where I am just so simplistic and I want it to be right or like, I want to see that black and mm-hmm. white. That is a really easy guide for me yeah. to understand what, what this all entails. I, I also think about a couple Bible verses and I'm going to pull them up real fast cause I'll butcher them otherwise. <laughs> but first Corinthians six, uh, 18 through 20, the very first, I guess just verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read the rest of the sin or the rest of the verse, but the, that, that first sec, uh, sentence is kind of the main part. It says, all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body, which I think that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, do you, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I think that last part speaks to you about the hidden thing and being valuable, you know, Mm -hmm. like our bodies are not own our own. And so, you know, being humble enough to realize like, Hey God, this is, this is yours, not mine. I want to go back to that first sentence. It says flee from sexual immorality. Um, so I think of like, there's other verses in the Bible. So here's, I'll give you the, uh, the other side of this. So Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. So when we're talking about sexual immorality, he literally says flee. Like, yeah, don't stand firm. Mm-hmm. Don't try to stick there and stand up and be like, I got this. I can do it. Mm-hmm. It literally says flee, like run far away in the opposite direction. Um, but then when we're talking about Satan, it's like, Hey, put on the full armor of God and then stand firm and fight those battles. Yeah. Right. But I think when it comes to sexual immorality, like there's just, there's no other option but to just get out and go. Like we can't sit in those moments. We can't sit in those times when we're even close to being tempted or walk down those paths. Like we've just got to flee and run away. Um, That reminds me of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. He literally mm, ran. She grabbed like, she literally grabbed a piece of his cloth. And my (laughs) man was out of there. (laughs) He was like, bye. Yes. So that's a perfect example. Exactly. He knew what was going to come if he stayed a second longer, Mm -hmm. you know? Praise him. Mm. (laughs) Look at God. But yeah, I want to go back to quickly. You said you were in a lot of sports and I think that's important for kids, you know, like you don't need to be engaging in in depth of relationship when you're 12, (laughs) 13, 15, 17. Like that's not the place for it. So I think finding other hobbies and hobbies and things to do with your time is very important because you don't Mm -hmm. know how long you're gonna be waiting. And that's not even the point anyways. There's other things Mm -hmm. in life that can fulfill you and having a romantic relationship is not 
doesn't have to be your main identity and shouldn't be because your identity should be in Christ. Absolutely. I think I'm really thankful. Again, I can just look back and see the Lord's hand on my life. And for whatever odd, weird reason, I have really always appreciated my singleness. And I know that that's not the case for a lot of my single friends that just do not like those times. They just always want to be with someone. And I can even see it in my own sister's lives as well. Mm -hmm. And so I can see the good hand of God just putting a piece on me of like, I just enjoy singleness. I'm, I'm good at it and I like it and I enjoy it. Do I want to get married and have kids? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm thankful for, I can, I can recognize that that's not some hard work that I did. I think it's just like this peace thing from God, which is kind of cool to experience. Yeah. But I think you also understand the importance of friendship as well. Platonic relationships. And I think that's where a lot of people just kind of fall flat because they don't realize Mm. like the beauty and all that, how you can find things in Mm. friendship um, that you may be looking for in romantic relationships that can be met in just, any relationship that you uh water and you know nurture absolutely that's so, a really good point i appreciate you saying that good stuff so i do want to talk about another aspect of virginity which is the okay. virgin complex you know where some virgins kind of put themselves higher than the other oh. peasants in the world you know oh, yeah. um <laughs> and that reminds so this the last guy that i talked to recently would always tell me he's a unicorn you know like he'd say that and i'm like okay like i get it you're unique you know hard to find honestly i I could probably count on one hand how many friends i know that are virgins or were virgins Mm. before they got married um so i understand like it is a rarity but to place yourself above others because you're because Mm. you're a virgin is like nasty and it's not what god Mm -hmm. has called you to so i just want to speak to that aspect as well for all the people that feel bad for you know engaging early like the lord doesn't condemn you after you've repented like he literally forgets about it so um yeah just allow that to just the grace in that as well like shelby's talking about so um that's a good point have there been any instances where people have made you feel bad about being a virgin i can't think of any and Mm. honestly i'm probably just too naive to (laughs) that they're making fun of me um no, I, I'm I'm usually a pretty confident person, so even if they wanted to make fun of me, I would really just let it roll off my back. Yeah. So I can't think of any. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. In high school, uh, well, there were boys that would try to take my virginity because once they found out. <laughs> so, yeah. it was Okay, but that's the difference between you and me. Again, guys just, just don't even see me. Like, they have... I don't that's understand never even that. part of the conversation. I, anyway, keep I mean, going I guess, but what the why? <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I was just a very, but you're also outgoing. I don't get that. I know, I know, I, I, I know. Anyways, so yeah, guys would try to take my virginity, and I, girls, when girls would find out, they'd be like, "Oh, save it, don't do it," while they're having sex. So I'm like, "What is? It? What am I missing here?" <laughs> like, oh my. So so many mixed messages about it. So wow, that's why I'm glad I learned. Like, I think it was in college for me as well where I fully understood, because I just used to be just kissing boys, you know? And my college roommate, well, my, my college best friend at that time was telling me, like, you, you got to stop doing that. You can't just be kissing boys. And I'm like, okay, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I, I'm like an easily convicted person. Like, I enjoy, I enjoy conviction. Like, some people may not, but I think mm. it's kind of the legalist in us. Like, we want things to yeah. be black and white. Once I find out I'm doing something wrong, I literally want to get the freak, I- get rid of it absolutely so once mm-hmm. i found that out, i'm like whatever i'll just stop kissing boys but 
<laughs> um, yeah. So not sure where I was going with that part, but if people ever made fun of you for yes, being a virgin, yeah. So people have done that, but I mean, I guess I think you're onto something here too. With like the guys would try to take your virginity, and the girls would be like, "Oh, don't do it." Yeah. I think there's like the, another layer of like stereotypes and stigmas. So I guess I can't think of something. I actually wasn't directly made fun of, but the guy that I dated in college um, was on the football team. Mm. And all his teammates would always give him a hard time about not getting anything. Ah, okay. And and he would tell me that. And honestly, he handled it really well, in my opinion, okay. at least as well as we could have at the time. Yeah. But um, yeah, he would tell me like, you know, they they ask all the time, like, so did you get anything? And like, so they gave him a hard time. Yeah. I think that just is another thing about dudes and yeah, that's a whole women and all another stereotype of what yeah. gets added in with with that mess yeah but so no i i can't think of anything personally okay so so for guys as well like you literally i don't know if i have to say this but you literally don't have to do it like you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) if you listen to the words that we're saying to you like your relationship with jesus is way more important Mm -hmm. than literally something that will last less than a day you know like i mean you could go for you know we're not gonna get into that but um but you gotta take breaks you know so it's not gonna last that long you know what i mean and your life with jesus is an eternity (laughs) compared to sex on earth okay amen your your sex here is like a blimp on the on the freaking screen okay so just that's like my thing for you guys but um what would your advice be for the struggling virgin or someone considering losing their virginity Oh man, we've said so many things that I think we can just kind of like pull it all together there. I think again, back to what I said earlier about just knowing where you stand in a state of emotional normalcy Mm -hmm. and having without a question, like there is no doubt in your mind, like right now I know in a sticky situation, I will flee, I will run. Yeah. I think if, if you have doubts right now in this moment, that's going to show you probably what's going to happen down the road Mm -hmm. um, when you walk into that emotional state. Um, I think it takes a lot of prayer. I think it takes a lot of intentionality. I don't think that you stumble upon fleeing from sexual immorality. I don't think that you just happen upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it takes a lot of diligence and work. Um, cause, and, and I can, I know it sounds like I, you know, have this experience of like no guys, but even in that relationship that I had in college, like I realized then, oh my gosh, you, you have to be intentional. Like I mean, this is like probably I feel like everyone I don't know if everyone does this or not because I don't have boyfriends, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, going home at 10 o'clock, okay. you know, making sure that by the time it gets dark outside, you're gone mm-hmm. or you're with other people or whatever the case may be. I think just there has to be intentionality mm-hmm. in the actions that you take to flee from those things. Yeah, um, I think that's actions. But then I think it's also thought um, and where your mind's going whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, you know, think on these things. Yeah. Think, think on these things. Um, and so I think where our mind takes, takes our heart different places. Mm-hmm. So just being specific about that, I think it takes prayer, but also like a good group of friends that you can say, Hey, I'm struggling with, with this yes. honesty. Um, because I, I, I can look back at that time in my, in my young naiveness of dating that guy, I didn't know the value of community in that case. Mm. And I would have benefited greatly from, you know, having some friends that were having conversations with me, holding me accountable, saying things, you know, um, I think it's easy to keep people outside of your relationship. Um, I learned in that relationship that you've got to let people in, Mm. you've got to let the good people in. Um, 
they've, they've got to be able, you've got to have people that mirror you and that can, just like you said, edify and those little convicting things. I think we've got to be open to that. Yeah. Um, but that takes a lot of hard heart work and just prayer, man. Yeah. Jesus will help you. Um, but yeah, that just made me think of a thing when you said the 10 o'clock thing, definitely if you're struggling, you know, to, um, stay pure, you're going to want to put some boundaries up. That's really important. But I don't want you to think like, oh, it has to be 10 o'clock because some people are very legalistic. It's like, I heard someone say like two feet on the floor or something. Like, I understand that, but it's like. (laughs) You always lay horizontal or you never lay horizontal. Right. Yeah. People do say that. I'm like. Stay vertical. Stay vertical. I mean, if you can. I don't know. I mean, it depends. You should know, like, if the Lord was watching you, how would you feel? You know, like if you're just kind of laying next to each other and watching a movie and it's actually innocent, live your life. But if you know it's your struggle, keep your feet on the ground. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. Good stuff. Is there anything else you want to add for the people? I don't know. I think I think the ultimate thing, and you touched on this earlier, is when you have the rightful, when you have the Lord on his rightful throne, mm. and you have that as a thing that you're focusing on and, and worshiping and what you are working to attain, it at least in my life, it feels like things fall into place after that. Mm. Now, is it all easy and butterflies? Absolutely in no way. Yeah. Not at all. But when I, when I make the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus, then everything else just seems to get put in its place and it it gets, it falls in the right order after that. Um, And so I think Jesus, his death on the cross, what that meant for our lives and just being able to, to see the the life that we now get to live because he rose again and keeping that as the main thing. It doesn't just help in like our sex lives, but it also just kind of helps in, in everything. Yeah. You know? Life. That's gotta be the main thing. Mm-hmm. Not having sex isn't the main thing. And that was my approach when I was younger. Yeah. The, the goal now is to make Jesus the main thing. Good stuff. All right, Shelby. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. Oh my god! Thanks for coming to the potty. I don't, I mean, I'm trying to make that work in my brain, but it just sounds like we're going to the bathroom, but I'm trying to think like the party, you know what I'm saying? Welcome to the party. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I say it like that instead? I like that. I should say it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I'll do that. So thank you for coming to the party, you know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) Appreciate you being here and uh, yeah, I guess I will. Thanks for having me on the parallel pod. No problem. Also, ah, crap. (laughs) This episode's so long already, but I want to let the people know why I named it the Parallel Podcast. So quickly, um, horizontal, you know, people say like the horizontal dance when you're having sex. I guess that's something people say. Um, and a the horizontal line is a type of parallel. So it's like that, right? You know, sex. Uh-huh. But also uh-huh. as Christians, we are in the world, but not of it. So mm. parallel lines look the same, but they never intersect. Oh. So... Ooh, that's good. That's good. Stop. Don't hate me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love that. That's why I named it the Parallel Podcast. So that's that. Um, so having me, you're the bomb. Of course, bro. So everybody, thank you for listening. And um, as I tell you every week, remember to speak the truth in love. And I'll speak to you next week. Bye.